0: Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today I'm catching up with my good friend and Cub member, Gail Donne, the CEO of Step Insight. Step Insight is a software development company that simplifies businesses' processes using technology and brings new ideas to life through applications and software me and Gail had a great conversation talking about how to retain staff by creating an incredible team culture and, and bonded team, how to avoid getting ripped off using software developers and the things you should be doing to make sure you have the best relationship and, and success together with your software developer. And. The pros and cons of offshore and onshore teams. It was a great conversation that for anyone interested in getting into technology with their business is a must listen to. Gail's a great friend of mine, very smart guy. They've built our Cub app and are doing another one for us. I hope you enjoy the show. Finally, you've made the show. Congratulations. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> no, we, we're, we've been begging to get you on the show because you are um, uh, a little bit famous at Cub now because you've built the Cub app.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, you made us famous.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we
1: started doing this with you uh, like... How long has it been now?
0: I don't know, to be honest. We, I, I can't even remember. We've, we, we're on to our second app, though, together. So I, I've, I've, I've almost forgotten the first one. But but I know that uh, your team's in constant communication with Alice here at Cub. Um, and, I mean, I have a weekly meeting with Julian from your team as well. So um, I, I love you guys. I, I love working with them. Thanks, guys.
1: It's, it's awesome for us as well, like, obviously, to work with uh, the, the Cub team. Uh, always like uh, so professional and and I uh,
0: yeah, I love the work that we're doing all together. Actually. bunch of professional <laughs> lunatics we are, but today is um is uh, i I, I want to share because i I know a fair bit about you, but actually, after reading your prep sheet, you're even more interesting than you look, <laughs> <laughs> but um no, no I, I want to hear more about your story, um coming from Belgium, being in the corporate world, making the shift to the the entrepreneurial life, growing a very successful company. Um, which is, um, uh, it's an international company, isn't it? You've got offices in, in multiple countries.
1: Yes. So we have offices uh, here, obviously, like um, in Sydney. We also have like uh, an offices in uh, in Europe, in Brussels, that serves a few clients over there, a few large clients.
0: And and, and you've got a French accent. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, y- yes, but, yes. But why? Because you're not uh, French.
1: You know, not French, but like, uh, so in Belgium, Belgium doesn't really have like a national language. So um, it's, you know, at the corner of France, the Netherlands and Germany. So like the country literally speaks normally the three languages. Uh, I'm, and I'm from the southern part of the country, which speaks French.
0: Like, oh, so uh, the country, ha- is it really, Belgium speaks three languages and yeah. most people, does that make you Belgish? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, so like w- when we go to school, usually you learn like... Uh, you have like your your mother language, which is for us French, um, and you learn as well like uh, usually Dutch, which is like second biggest part of the country, and a little part, a little bit like of the country speaking German.
0: And okay. do you sp- so do you speak Dutch or German?
1: I used to speak Dutch like uh, a little bit, but like you, you just lose it. Like I haven't used it in like twenty years. So.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and so what do you call people from Belgium? Belgian, <laughs> oh Belgian, sorry, yeah, that's what I was getting with the Belgish thing. <laughs> Belgi- Belgian, Belgian yeah. okay, and and um, your, uh, your your why did you move to Australia? Uh, my wife did... at
1: the time got like relocated for a job here. She's working in a very niche part of uh, of banking, so she moved. She she got relocated here. Had to quit my job of the time. Did a little bit of consulting for my old company. From here, it was a bit crazy, like working at night. Uh, They were like in Mascot. I was on the northern beach here, so it was quite a bit of travel.
0: Um, And yeah, like. um, And and you, so you're you're in Belgium, you're already married in Belgium. We actually got married
1: and three months after, I think like she was moving to London. Uh, She worked there a little bit of time and uh, she just wanted to, we wanted to move somewhere, like uh, not London, like at the time, and we were supposed to go to Singapore. Um, and literally a few days before moving over there, they, they told us, oh, we're gonna open a branch in Sydney, do you guys wanna move there? So that's how pretty much I ended up here.
0: How yeah. funny, good choice, Singapore's that's too hot and sticky. Yeah. Like and, and in Belgium, we. we I mean, we, did you have the mind frame uh, as a ch- How old were you when you moved? So I can get a bit of perspective. Uh,
1: 2012. So uh, 30, just after 30. Okay.
0: And so did you have the mind frame in Belgium that you wanted to own and run a company or were you in the corporate world? What, what, what did you think you were going to do growing up? So uh, I think I've
1: always wanted to be a business owner. My parents were business owners themselves um, for a very long time. Um, and I was working for big big corporations when I was uh, when I was in Belgium, but I always had this like uh, at the back of my head, just like um, never never really like there uh, making the the leap of faith. I think would have been really really hard doing this in Belgium. I think in Europe, like the like the environment to create businesses is is not as like uh, as um, I'm not gonna say easy, but like you know. In Australia, like, uh, they encourage you to, like, be business owners, like, uh, yeah, they so help they, you. So they
0: can tax you fucking nonstop.
1: Yeah, but, like, that's, that's exactly one of the points. Like, in Belgium, like, uh, you you pay so much money up front. You haven't even made, like, a single dollar. Like, they're going to come and say, oh, you have, like, a software development company. Oh, you know... Roughly, that's what they're making. So for the first two years, this is how much you're gonna pay in tax. Even if you've never made like one single Oh my
0: God, is that how it works? Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. That's worse than here. And our taxes over there are like like crazy, like much worse than uh, than Australia. Um, But like, it's also like, I think like here, you know, if you work hard, like uh, if you put your heart into it, people give you a chance. Like even if they, you come out of nowhere, like people will give you a chance, which would be like much much harder. You have to prove a lot more, like
0: uh, over there. Than, That's than interesting. And so, um, you you move when you moved to uh, Sydney. Smart choice, by the way. Um, did you go straight into starting a business because you spoke English? I assume at that point. Yeah. So
1: I used to work. I used to work for uh, international company, So back in Belgium, and I was traveling already like uh, a lot. Actually, like um, I had I had a chance to. Um, have to go and implement like some of the software that we had that my team had developed, like a little bit everywhere in the world. Um, and it was an international company, so everyone was talking or speaking French, uh, sorry, speaking uh, English, uh, at the company.
0: Already. And so, did you go straight into owning a business, or when you got here, did you? Uh, try get back into the corporate world
1: no so obviously i had to find a, i had to find a job like when uh when i landed here uh and uh worked actually funny for for a, a french company it was not intended at all like i uh, ended up there like like pretty much like uh like a out of luck i'm gonna say <laughs> um and yeah for another five years um i was i was at this company so big pharmaceutical company uh, they'll yeah still like uh, implementing software like uh, for them and uh yeah it's it was still like in the, at the, at the back of my head like i wanted to do something much bigger like uh bigger than myself like uh, and like helping people like uh, helping other businesses that's what really like uh, was driving me and uh yeah I, I i'm gonna say like for another three four years it was the same um S- same thing that happened like when i was uh, in a big corporate world uh, you just discover that people have their own agenda like uh, and it's usually more driven about like by what they want to do that than really do the right thing like uh, those big corporations they slow they don't I, they don't innovate it's really really hard like the sometimes when i wanted to do something that would save them like so much money or like make them so much more money still it was taking me like year of lobbying like just like trying to make them understand and they were coming back with offense so, I do no we're gonna I'm gonna do this like uh or like oh we can't invest this money in there or we're actually gonna make so much more money like so it's, it's it was really frustrating for me like uh, very very frustrating so at some point it was just like I had a few I'm gonna say friends and I said like guys do you want to open a company and uh yeah like over two hours like uh we're just like okay bam 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 and we opened the company it was five years ago, and yeah, we really haven't looked back since then. Only wishing I would have done it like earlier, to be honest. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, th- anyone listening that that's still at your playing corporate Game of Thrones, yes, make the leap. Was <laughs> it a scary leap? How would you describe the the emotions of of jumping from? I guess the. I mean, corporate life is uh, a secure life. Maybe a boring life because you can't innovate. Well, but if you have got the entrepreneurial mind, maybe it's a boring life because you can't innovate as much and do that type of thing. But, but uh, what was what was the what were your emotions like? What feelings did you have when you made the leap?
1: Yeah, so obviously it was it was scary, uh, exciting at the same time. Like um, because like you, you don't know where you're going. Like uh, obviously we had a plan in mind, like uh, of building some like some, some form of tools at the beginning and then resell it. So I was, I'm gonna say I was lucky because I had done like a, a lot of good work like uh, at the time with like, I had like, yeah, people I have been working in the past, like uh, for those companies that had moved on already, like to other companies. Um, I reached out to them like uh, earlier on. I, I actually had like uh, uh, the support of my directors at the time. Like uh, I told them like in advance, this is what I'm gonna do. Um, and, uh, yeah,
0: actually like, um, well, that's a, I think that's a key lesson though, because so you had built really good relationships with, um, with people from the corporate world with, from their clients and, and yeah. I don't know, your directors and things like that. So you, you built great relationships and when you went out on your own, you actually leveraged those relationships. Yeah, of course.
1: Like, uh, th- that's where you have to start, obviously, like people that you've been working with, like, uh, you. you you always want to work with like the people that you've been working with, especially if they're doing like a great job. Like, uh, and, and that's pretty much also like why I'm here at CUB. Like, uh, I didn't have like a massive network when I, when I started. Um, and, uh, obviously I was not from Australia, even if I had been there for already like four years. Um, yeah, I didn't have, like, this network. So that's that's really why, like, uh, I wanted is, to join, like, a club like this.
0: Is that why you originally joined Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How like, funny. Uh, and, 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 I mean, now you're, I'm assuming you have a huge network.
1: Oh, yeah. I Like, uh, like I, I can't speak, uh, you know, uh, enough of Cup. But like, uh, th- for, for me, honestly, this is, like, a second family. Like, uh, I've made so many friends here. Like, uh, I've what uh, created... I've share, I'm sharing an office with another member.
0: Uh, I've started two business with another, two other members, like, wow. uh, you built the Cub app, but you know, what's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing as like what you were saying with your relationships from people from the corporate world. When you know someone, it's just so much easier to, to, to work with them, to do business with them, to trust them. It's, it's like, it's like, this is a really random example, but it happened to me today. Just before this, I went to I, I went to the nutritionist because I got a bad stomach. I want to see what's if I'm intolerant to things. When the first time you go to a nutritionist and it's in Bondi Junction, it takes 12, half an hour to figure out where the nutritionist is. But after you've already got a relationship with the nutritionist, you know where the you know you know where the the office is. Second time you can go back, to you and do business with them? It's a lot easier. I know where to park. I can get out and walk straight in and say, hey, hey Sarah, how are you going? And sit straight in. Once you've got that, like relationships are the same way. If you're doing business with someone, you already know them. You've got their number. You, know, you trust them. Uh, they might not even be the best person in the country doing it or the best person to, but you already know them. It's so much easier to pick up the phone, call them, and that's, what, that's the power of relationships. You, know, you don't know when you're going to need uh, to ask someone uh, for help whatever that help is, whether it be services, introductions, things like that. And you, you just as simple as being a good person and taking the time to meet people, build relationships with people, you're just odds of survival and succeed success is success just so much higher. Like it, it's not even a cub thing. It's just a life thing.
1: Yeah. Like, so definitely like, uh, as you just said, like when, when you already have like the relationship with someone, like it's, it's so, so much easier. Um, and, what I've discovered as well is, like, people are here to help. Like, they, they will be there for you if you ask. Like, um, and as you said, it's so much easier to uh, go to someone that you know, that you already have a relationship, especially when you, you're kind of vulnerable, you ask for help or you ask for an advice or something like this.
0: And tell me about Step Insight. So tell me about the company. What made you start it? Wh- I guess what was your what was your key driver is it's you call it a software development company so it's a software development company
1: we we developed like enterprise application mobile solutions like um the way i see it is uh we do two main things um we either create new products like uh, for other businesses that wants to either bring in a new product on the market make more revenue or yeah just like have a new idea that they want to uh, they want to develop or like we simplify the like um, their life, like simplify their processes, like bring processes that was like pen and papers, like digitalize this or so the whole digitalize digital transformation that we're doing with businesses as well. Here.
0: Yeah, so kind of like what we so what you're doing for us, you guys kind of building us a CRM of the sort back end that's simplifying the way we manage members. Yeah, so the members.
1: so so exactly like so special like exactly what you're mentioning. So CUB C- C- is expanding. CUB is actually like uh, taking on like uh, like new like uh, locations wants to expand and like you can do so much like up to a certain points where everything is manual. Everything is, can be done uh, like with a certain processes. But uh, at some points, if you want to scale up, you want to go fast, you want to, you don't want to have to multiply your team by 10, then you need to like digitalize like some of those like assets. and uh,
0: It's a funny thing because, because like for us, which a lot of uh, businesses uh, I'm sure can relate to that one of the main reasons why I wanted to spend the money on the, on, on the technology was, was actually just to make the, the the team make their lives easier. You know, instead of the heavy administrational and reporting in the back end, it's just there for us now. And, and the, 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 the team, uh, particularly the service team and the, the back end team, they can use that time, to, uh, to focus on something else. And that's, that's what, that's what's been the biggest, uh, benefit to us so far. Get, you know, moving more into technology. I I assume that's the same for a lot of companies.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, so obviously when, when you hire people, you hire them like to like for the, for the the strength, like, and not to spend time like, uh, you know, punching numbers or, or, uh, doing like, um, work that could be done by, again, by a computer, like so much faster and so much better. Like, uh, you want them to actually use that time to like, yeah, like,
0: uh, do something valuable for your client. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, that's what it is for us. And, and so why did you start a software development company? That was your background? That's your passion? Or I guess what's your, what's your, you, you mentioned briefly before that you really are passionate about helping businesses. You know, how did you come up with this idea for this company? Yeah. So, like
1: I've always been obviously in in software development. So this is, this is my background. Uh, and I started really quickly. I was working for, um, uh, flight, like a flight transport company. So TNT, um, and what I really like is, is actually solving problems like, and that's what people with business have like all the time they have problems, they have issues like, uh, and I really like to solve that using tech to be honest. Um, Uh, Yeah, and that's why, like, yeah, uh, really quickly, like, uh, I managed to build, like, products for those companies. So I was working for those companies, but I had, like, quite, like, uh, I was quite free to do my own thing. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, I came up with a lot of ideas to, like, completely transform the way those companies was working. And we're talking, like, very large, like, corporation, global corporations. Um, And, yeah, I started developing systems that started to be used, like, in like in Hong Kong in like Miami Stockholm like like in Spain like uh, and, I, and I got to get over there and just like like go and deploy all of those systems that I I came up I came with the idea actually of doing so and that's how really like, like I, I really thought like oh if like everyone is always telling me like oh you should be like opening your own company you should do your own thing and I was I was scared like to be honest like that's that's why it took me so long like to to, to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how pretty much like I came with the idea.
0: And starting the business, particularly I- in your space, your industry, mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine, and, and it's a space that I'm about to get in. So it's a very relevant question for me to hear, but I'd imagine that one of the hardest things you could do is find, um, the right staff, find the right team and not just hard. I mean, it's a hard, to, it's always hard to find the right team, but in your space, People are getting paid exuberant amounts of money. Um, uh, the competition is extremely steep to get the best talent. How how did you overcome that? uh yeah, and so Is it as hard as I just made it out today, to be? It
1: clear? is hard. Like, and, and especially the last twelve months have been like uh, have been. I'm going to say a nightmare uh, to find like. To, it's it was it's always been hard, obviously, to find like good staff, but also people that can fit your culture. Like for us, this is super important. This is. Uh, we ba- we we build the whole company based on like the company culture, and um, we often take like a, a lot of time to find like the right uh, the right fit for us. Um, actually, we o- we we often look at you guys like uh, because this is the same like you guys have an amazing team as well. Like um and uh, it's it's always what I'm referring to like so like oh yeah I want to build like a you know a, a team as good as as uh, as what you guys have here as well like uh like obviously like. Tech, tech team, but mm. like, uh, and like, just just smarter, smarter. Like <laughs> we want to be exactly different. like Cap, but just a
0: bit smarter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, so I, I've, all, I don't know if I've been lucky or, or if it's or obviously you attract like the kind of people you like to work with. But even when I was working like um, before having the business, um, so working for those like corporations, I always build those teams of really good people really good people to be around with, like uh, not just like work with. Like, so for us, like it's, it's, again, it's kind of a family that I'm building. Like, uh, um, where people like obviously work together, but like we do like, um, we have we do activities out of out of work. We have like great afterwards. office parties which I attend. We have like that's what that's what you were asking. Mm-hmm. Like how do you actually like uh, recruit like your people? I organize like office parties. Yeah. Like uh, the Fantastic. last two guys that we recruited was through the like after the parties.
0: Really? The, yes, that's, that's actually really clever. Well, I was playing beer pong, yeah. Mario Kart. That was mad. I haven't been to a party like that in really ever. I felt like I was in America, <laughs> so, the college. But but see that type of thing. What, what, what's interesting is that you, and we do it at cup is I, blame, I, don't, like, I always say it, I've said it in too, probably too many episodes now, is that I don't believe in work and home life. I just believe in life and they're kind of one thing. And, and that's kind of what you're describing. Your team isn't just there for work. They're there for, for, for each other to, to, to socialize, to make friends, to play Mario Kart, you know, to, to, to bond essentially as, as, as friends. And I'd imagine that has a very big impact on your on your culture.
1: Yeah, like it, if you think about it, like we, you spend like more than like eight hours a day, more than half your day, like with the people at work. Like, and for me, like I, I, you, you see that, like you see that a lot, like big companies, um, people they're gonna go and they're working for a paycheck. Like this is sad for me, like, like it means you don't really enjoy what you're doing. Like you spend a h- half of your time doing something that you don't necessarily like enjoy. Like or you don't do it for the right reasons. Like for me, that's super important that my guys come at work like and they actually enjoy themselves. Like And that's why I've created the company as well. Like for me, like I, I start from the principle that you can do high quality work, but you can have fun doing it. Like, uh, and you will get like the best out of the people. If you like, you, you, again, you make it enjoyable for them. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and
0: I also think that particularly in your industry where competition is very steep in terms of finding the best talent to avoid people moving company and being poached, having uh, really strong relationships with their, with their peers, with their, um, with their team at work. And having a re- and enjoying work, be- having fun at work, that's got to be an essential element to maintain to retaining uh, talent. Like
1: to retaining them, I would say yes. It actually happened to us like uh, not not long ago, where people says like been offered like so much more money. That's uh, like you know you have like large, really large company paying mm-hmm. like crazy amount of money. Crazy money. Like it's it's just literally impossible to uh, to match, uh, and people say, like. Reject the offers, like because they say no. Like I know I can get like a lot more money, but like I, I will not get what I have here. Like uh, yeah, we had like people that came and work for us as well. Like uh, on, they choose to work for us because they were saying, oh yeah, like, like people over there looks so much more like uh, enthusiast and uh, so it looks like again there's a company culture. Yeah,
0: and your office is is really not nice. Like when you walk in, it's a good vibe. But and it's a big office. But um, I was talking to a, a member. Who's uh, a, who owns a very large tech recruitment business very very big um, and he's been around for many many I think 20 years and he was saying that the, you know these these peaks and troughs in um, de- developers uh, they they've come and gone uh, over over time. and what happens is when they get too high, the big corporations go and pay ridiculous money for people. And then once the market readjusts and people's wages go back to normal, they end up firing all of them or part of them, some, most of them, or they offer them part time or, you know, all this, all this stuff. And so, I mean, on the employee's uh, perspective, sometimes it's not always good to just chase the, chase the check. Sometimes it's okay. Think about, um, think about what happens if, if you oh if you're getting paid so much more, Maybe there's a catch-22 to it, you know. It's, what's that saying? If it's too good, if it's too good, uh, too good to be true. Maybe, maybe it might be. Maybe you should stay where you put. <laughs> and and that's exactly what's happening actually at the moment.
1: So I've I've been I'm always talking to recruiters, and um they they've been saying that the market for the, the, those last three four months is adjusting. Those large companies like are not paying those don't don't want to pay like those like uh, super high salary. They they are lengthening the um, the hiring process so it's not like like 6 7 months ago where like they were they were literally hiring like on a brim like uh, because they needed people like so now it starts to slowly going back to not going to say normal but like uh, at least something like a little bit more like sustainable but so you
0: know, and you know it's it, it's money's not everything and one thing that it w- when i was younger and and uh, like in cubs first three years i thought everybody wanted to be loaded you know, or or sorry, everyone does want to be loaded. But I thought everybody needed to be loaded. You know, I thought everybody in their head needed to be super rich. Um, because that's what I in my head needed to want it. But you've got to realize that that's not that's not um that that's not the case. It, it, people are all different. And one thing that uh, I try to think about now with the team is that. Uh, business is a vehicle. It's a vehicle for people to get from point A to point B where they want to get. And just their point B is not your point B, right? They've got their own point B and you need to work with that person to help them, uh, to to make it possible for your company to help them achieve their, their, their version of success, their version of point B. And that might be, uh, you know, X amount of dollars. It might be, uh, you know, I want to be able to afford a nanny so I can, keep working full time when I have a child, it might be, yeah, whatever it is. Um, um, but people are different and being a business owner, you can't think that you can't think someone, you can't, no one, no one's the same and you have to ask them what they want. You can't just expect that might've just been my mistake, but, but definitely a lesson I thought worth noting.
1: Yeah. That's something that's actually we, we, we do a lot is, um, we catch up with the guys a lot just to make sure that, you know, we're still on the on the right track of the development um and, and then what they want out of the out of like work and what we can provide them uh so yeah that's something that's that we we often discuss making sure that h- how do they want to develop what they're looking for like uh and uh yeah that's that's really something uh
0: and how are you managing how are you managing um work from home is most of your team working from home because your industry is pretty work from home maybe? Actually no,
1: like pretty much no one's working from home. Not because like I don't want to, like because most of the team like prefer to be at the office. So for us, it's kind of an hybrid model where like they can do whatever they want. (laughs) Like uh, if they want to work from home, they can work from home. If they want to work from the office, they can work from the office. But like easily 85% of of the team is at the office uh, on a daily basis.
0: Wow actually in these conversations, in the podcast podcast conversations I'm having, the most successful companies I've seen so far are giving the team the freedom to choose and the team mostly are choosing to be in the office. If it's a good company culture. And that's the thing, like- People likes to be around each other,
1: like um, not just for like the good voice, but also like from from a work perspective, like they can talk to each other, they can they can ask questions like much much uh, faster, um, and uh, and again like people likes to be around each other, like uh, and not alone at home when they need to, when they need to do something, when they need to. Yeah, something. my fridge
0: is getting like, fixed.
1: Yeah, something something like this. Oh, you want to take a step back and say, okay, I want I want a quiet day, like working on my own. No, you can do it. Like people say, why, well, I work from home today. Like, um, but yeah, like most of the time, like, yeah.
0: And do they have to notify you or they can just do
1: it? Like they do notify me, but which is more like from, uh, I'm going to say, like uh, they're they being polite, which is like, hey, guys, I'll be from working from home today. It's not just me. It's like they're informing the whole team, like, um Like on our Slack channel, they will say like, hey guys, I'm working from home
0: today. I think that's very important because you want to know where each other are. Yeah, obviously. And what about um, time? So if you're going to come into the office, Mm -hmm. are you there? If you're going to come in, you come in on time, you're there at nine or if you want, you can come in at 11.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This one is going to be, yeah, If anyone, I'm I'm probably like the the one which is like the latest at the office, like uh, I usually arrive like around 10, depending if I have to drop the kids or not. Like okay. uh, now, people arrive like pretty much whenever they want. Like yeah, okay. uh, so w- we're looking at like the the job being done. I know how long it takes to get things done, and we trust people. Like so, and, and again, like the team that we have, that is a team of people we want to work with, and then they will give you their shirts if they can. Like uh, they 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 do the work. So sorry. Yeah. So in return, like for for us, like we give them the flexibility that they can come whenever they want, leave whenever they want. But again, like people like they, they, they do their job. They know like, uh, like, uh, and it, sometimes it happens. They have to leave earlier, like uh, arrive later. And again, it's the same. They
0: will tell me, hey guys, I'm, I'll be late today. Like, no worries. And you've got a big team. So that just means that, I mean, it, it would be hard to manage coming and going. So there has to be the element of trust. But I think that, the fact that they actually like each other <laughs> and they enjoy being uh, together. And and there, there's no greater, in my opinion, there's no greater kind of need for a, a, a person than to feel like they're contributing towards something greater than themselves and, and they're doing something that they can be proud of. And they're, they're receiving uh, love for that and attention and praise for that. And other than uh, raising your family and, and doing good and getting that from your family, the other place you do that is your career, and if they're feeling that and that's gi- they're getting that from the office, then you're you're giving them such an important, um, such an important need of life. Yeah, like
1: so, like uh, again, like for us, like whether it's like the the work that we're doing, like uh, we we consider everything like uh, like our baby projects, like uh, we we put a, a lot of love and a lot of like uh, passion into like what we're doing and and it comes to like all those different type of people that you let, like, you know, when we've build a team, like uh, that's the kind of people we're looking for. People that are really passionate, uh, like, uh, to do their work. And, and it, it translates to like the whole culture of a team. Like, uh, like it's passionate people that loves to do what, uh, what, you, and it's easy to like, um, it's, it's easy to work with those people. Like, uh, it's easy to, um, you were saying like, give them love and, and, uh, like it's a cheerful team, like uh, everyone
0: just likes to be here, like um so I, I think for me it makes things easy and you've obviously grown a lot um and i've even i've watched you grow a lot over the past few years few years um what have you had i mean growth can often be one of the hardest things a business can do um have you had any specific challenges uh w- with growing so quickly?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, actually, it's it's funny because I didn't know that. Oh, I thought it was like not true. Like uh, I was like, oh, how could growing be an issue? Like uh, when you're not a business owner, you're like, yeah, of course it's easy. You have more work, more money, more this, more that. Should be, it's easy? Actually, not. It's probably like the the hardest bit uh, of the business, um, because like you you just realized that the way you were working. Like, if you want to scale, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It just yeah. doesn't work. Um, you have to, you have to, um, like, streamline your processes. Like, uh, you have to make sure that uh, everyone, everyone fits those processes. It's funny. Like, when I was on the other side of the fence and I was hiring people like me, like now, um, I was like, why are you making this so complicated or so Corporate, or what do they have, like, all of those processes? And now you're in the seat and you're like, yeah, now I understand why you have to do You have to do this. You can't make it, like, you can't be a cowboy, like, all the time. Like, you have to, yeah, put some processes and, yeah.
0: And it's really home. interesting. <laughs> and you've actually got that two perspectives. It's like the corporate world and then um, the SME world. And, and you're right. Imagine getting as big as a corporation. You, you almost don't need people to think anymore. You almost – you have what you do down to such a – a T that you're just giving people dot points, do this, then do this, then do this. If this happens, you do this. And that's, 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 uh, I assume how some, I've never actually had, uh, I've actually never had a job before other than being pizza boy. (laughs) I was a pizza delivery boy, but, but I assume at the, um, corporate it's some of those big corporates, they, their operations are just so strict and so, detailed that that people don't need to think they can just do and it, it, from their perspective that's even better because if someone says oh, that's it I'm leaving you say oh not a problem we can put anyone in that position and we've got we can just give them this rule book and they just do exactly what that says and we don't have to worry anymore
1: i'm going to say yes and no actually um, so you you write for like the part of um yeah they can they can replace people because obviously like the responsibility falls on so many people then Removing one or on another, usually the, it's the team that takes that takes is going to take the workload. So, in terms of processes, usually big corporations are actually the worst. Like, um, just because like usually they grow and they grow with people and they don't necessarily have the processes. So, which means that like everything is just multiplied and like they don't talk to each other. So it's actually like a lot of work that we're doing is this actually, is making like those system, those those teams, those like s- data talk together, like because they just don't know what's happening into another team. Like actually they, they've done the job already, they just don't know it. Or they have this data, they just don't know it. Like, um, like yeah, like they grow so fast and because you have like a, a lot of layers of management, like so people don't even know what other people are doing, like and processes are not like, you have like a high, really high processes, which like HR or something would be the same for the whole company, but like the way people are working is usually not. That's where it's breaks. And
0: that's an interesting insight though, because that's something that you're solving for companies. Yes. Well You solve for small and big companies, but you're seeing that being an issue for larger corporations. And so would you say from your perspective that as companies grow uh, and grow rapidly and grow fast, that... That is the biggest issue you're finding that their their operations aren't good enough and potentially their team communication is not good enough. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Like, um, it's it's the the, the operations like uh, daily operations that usually like um, starts like breaking starts. They're not optimized. Like they're not streamlined. Like uh, and it's where like quality as well like starts like um, decreasing.
0: Right? And it, it, but I, I also. I, I feel for businesses too, because I know what it's like to write an, op- an ops manual and then it, it changes every week. And it's like this forever evolving document. And eventually are like, Oh, I don't even know why I have it because I keep changing. But the reality is yeah, you need it. Like you need it. For example, Cub right now, we've got two clubhouses in the pipeline. We need to be able to hand over to the head of that club. Hey, here's how you run the club. This, this is how it works. And if we don't have that, a, it's gonna be a lot harder and a lot more time to train that person, but B, we can't scale. Yeah. And and so I understand the feeling of giving up on the ops manual because it's changing, particularly in your early days when you're always improving, but you just can't. You gotta or at least come back to it at each stage. You know, as you're climbing up from step one to step two, when you land on step two, okay, let's write an op manual for step two. Okay, now let's climb to step three. You don't have to start writing the manual when you're halfway up the step. But once you get to the platform of step three, okay, let's write the manual again.
1: And it's, that's how I see it. Like it's, it's something that you actually you refine. You don't necessarily like completely rewrite, but you, you refine. And as, as you were saying, like if you want to, scale like you need to have this it's like your blueprints of like i can repeat my business somewhere else uh if i do this 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 and that then i can replicate it here and here and here and here you have like the basics uh and the, f- the right foundation to actually make it successful because you have all this experience which was already it's already been built so like in the, in the past so That's super important. And it's
0: what you're saying. It's problem solving. It's almost the ultimate form of problem solving because you're basically figuring out how to solve other people's problems for them and problems they're going to have because you've solved them. So you've written them down, you've given it to them so they don't even have to solve them. If they come across it, let me read my book. I'll find the problem in there. It's, it's just, it's these patterns are everywhere. And one thing that happens in your space, which I mean, I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot of horror stories about, people spending too much on an app or spending this and it didn't work. And I went to India and then it came back all funny. And then I went, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of horror stories on, on building app. Yeah. Everyone wants to build an app. And, um, and, and also softwares for, for companies like backends and things like that. How can people, what what are some tips you might have on um, how people can just not get ripped off one and two, have the most successful relationship possible with their, um with their software developer so uh I think it call, it
1: all comes down to uh, communication first like obviously like being able to um articulate w- what is needed um is, is for me like uh, really like something that, that re- like communications like like regular communication it needs to be there um then there's the whole obviously like and you just you, you just mentioned it like the whole um Offshoring, like, uh, and obviously, like most of our team is is local, like. Uh, so, so I'm not gonna like start discussing like onshore versus like offshore. Like I think like both both have like uh, really like um, good things to um to to be said about. Both have pros and cons, and pros and cons. De- de- definitely, like uh, for me, like you use offshoring for certain types of works, and you use like onshoring for like certain types of work as well. Like, um, so. Design for me is like is something which is like uh, is, is paramount. Like uh, we used to like in the industry, like this this like didn't uh, used to uh, exist before. Like it was like uh, designing was uh, more like okay, tell me what you want, and I'll write it on a piece of paper, and then we'll go, and then we'll build it, and and then it comes back, and it's not uh, it's not what you had in mind. That, like uh, we can't really download like your brain into like uh, um, into the developer's brain. Like it, it unfortunately doesn't work like this. So that's why like actually like. Um, designing like an app, it's going to take a little bit of more time at the beginning. Like we're going to spend more time, a little bit of more money front, like to design what you want, but at least you can see and you can feel and you can like uh, already see how it solves your issue or not. Like, and you can refine it. It is much, much quicker and much, much obviously more cost efficient to change something on a, on a piece of design than changing it once it's been built. So one of my... V- like biggest advice is like take the time to design something up front and not to, um, and, and not to do it when it's been, uh, when it's been developed
0: already. Yeah. It's kind of like building a house. You're not going to build a house unless you have the plans in great detail. You know, you got the blueprints down, packed, the architects done all the drawings and it, it's all there. The builder just puts it together. Exactly. And and now you have the tools. So that why, like, it wasn't done
1: like in, in the past. I'm like, Oh, oh. I'm gonna say, like in the last 15, 20 years, why well, we're, we're not doing this? Like it's because the tools were not there. Like now we have like really great, great tools that allow you to build this super quickly and and with a high fidelity, like uh, of what it's going to look like exactly.
0: The other thing that that uh, we actually do with you guys, which has been very successful, I'd recommend other people doing it if they're building an app or any sort of software, is that I have a weekly meeting with your team. And I don't know if you want people to do that, it's probably a lot more work, but I do. And I find that it keeps me in the loop. It keeps them uh, accountable and also keeps the communication very high between us. Um, And if I think of things, uh, good ideas or bad ideas, they can either say, great, that is a good idea. We'll put that for the future. Daniel, calm down. We're not doing it in this one. Or they'll say, that's a stupid idea because of this. Uh, and then at least you can put it to bed straight away. So I, I, I also think that if you're building a software and it's an uh, external team, you want to be as as internal as possible. And, and weekly meetings are a good way to do that.
1: You actually have like to, like for us, it's it's really important to um, really embed ourselves in the team of the, the clients we're working with. Like uh, as you just said, like having like at least a, a meeting a week is, is the bare minimum for us, like to... Get the communication going, the trust as well. Like uh, people see, like okay, like you know, the work is progressing. Like uh, yes, it's going the right direction. Yes, they understand what I'm, what I want. Like uh, that, that's super important. Like uh, to communicate. Like uh, I'm not gonna say on a daily basis, but
0: like uh, like
1: super regular. Often.
0: Like uh, yeah, freedom to freedom to call. Yeah, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's that's that's, that's how we work with our clients. Like usually, like uh, again, like uh, most of our projects are like. Our little babies so uh, we put a lot of uh, yeah heart and passion into it uh,
0: and also it means that if you've said okay this project's going to be ready for testing September and ready for launch in November if as the person uh, as the client you're catching up with uh, you guys or, or whoever the software developer is every week you know that they're on track and and the reality is even if companies um, and yeah, you know they're beautiful people, great companies. If you haven't got that kind of accountability with someone, it is easy to let it slip and go a bit slower. But w- where w- when there's that transparency, is here's what we're spo- this is what we need to have by this date, and then you're catching up with these people all the time. You're almost forced, as well as a company, to 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 um, to achieve it.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and you know what's happening. Like that's the thing, like if you slip, if there's something which is, you can you can say it's like really upfront. Like uh, you can, um like uh, like the, the clients will like, uh, will know upfront Oh, actually like uh, we're late because of this or because of that. You're not, it's not gonna be like a month after that you're gonna know, oh yeah, actually we have like a few weeks, we have a few weeks off. Like uh, you'll know like, uh, you know straight away because you have like this weekly catch up. Uh, and as you said, it makes you accountable as well. Like you say, oh shit, we have to, we have to deliver. It needs to be done quick,
0: guys. Like you know, it's just human nature. When you're accountable, you perform better. And what were some of the pros and cons between onshore and offshore? Ah, uh, so obvious
1: uh, for me, like communication is going to be like uh, uh, the main point. Like not necessarily because like, obviously because you can communicate like more often, like on a same like uh, time zone. But for me, it's not really this. It's like being literally being able to put your shoes in a, like a, to put yourself in the client's shoes like uh, it it's it, for me it's really important that you actually understand what you're building like and developers like if you want good results you want like something which is done and which is going to be scalable which is going to work which uh, you you can't give them like here is exactly what you do i'm gonna I'm gonna leave you like for another few months just go and, and build it like it's really important for the for the developers to understand what they're doing to actually uh really it's it's not about like being like um accountable like for this it's it's like actually like putting your heart into it like you you know what you're building you know why you're building it you understand like the businesses you're gonna ask questions about like why about this why this what, it, would it be better if we were to do it like this that's the kind of thing that you, it's really hard to have if you like, uh, having an offshore team, because what you're going to do is you're going to need a piece of work to do. Like, okay, you guys do this and like the communication is going to be, but
0: again, like there's different
1: type of work that can be done offshore.
0: Like, yes, but like, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like the further you are away from the actual passion of the project. Exactly. The less the less enthusiasm you're putting in the project exactly. because you're quite literally further from the founder or whoever it is or the, or the founding team. You're further from them. You're further from feeling the passion. You haven't got the relationship with them, like catching up. You know how Julian comes to comes to to the listeners. Julian uh, is um, is uh, responsible for for uh, what uh, Gail's team is building for Cub uh, and a new project also that we're working on. And Julian comes to my office, we hang out, we have a laugh. You know what I mean? Like you got that relationship. So you, you, it's almost got that element of trust. When I get excited, I call him and listen to this. And you say, so he gets excited. That's what you're saying. That's yeah? exactly what I'm that.
1: saying. Like you, you need to remember that like building a, a software is exactly as you were saying, like building a house. Like it's – and even more so, like it's like uh, the tip of the – what you see is only the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of – that happen in the background, which means also like a lot that can go wrong. Like, uh, and you need to you need to be able to um, like, again, like communicate on this, like reflect on how like you can make this like, uh, as best as you can for like the, the people in front of you and the, and the business which, uh, which is there. And you can only do that if you involve yourself in, in, in this business. And
0: so what's the positive of uh, offshore? So, like, for me,
1: offshoring, like, uh, if when you have tasks that needs to be done very quickly, when you need to scale, like, like you need a lot of resources. So you need a lot of resources. It needs to be done, like, quite quickly. And it's, and it's some work that can be done, like, um, I'm not going to say quite easily, but it's quite repetitive work. So, for example, like, testing. So testing, definitely don't do testing, like, onshore. It's going to cost you way too much money. And uh, where you can be, you can get this done like for much cheaper and much quicker, like uh, offshore. Like, um, like s- some some of the yeah, more repetitive tasks, like or, or things that don't needs to be put
0: too much thought on.
1: Like this, you can you can say this is what needs to be built. Build it.
0: Come back to me when it's done. So really, the benefit of onshore is ha- the passion and having the relationship with the, the yeah. team, and the, the benefit of offshore is basically cost. And the, I, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, the goal is to have a combination of the two, um, working perfectly together. Offshoring the things that you that are right to offshore that don't require the, I guess, the passion, um, and that you can save money on. Particularly if you're scaling very quickly, you need to build a lot. Okay, you might have to move a bit more offshore in order to do that, but keeping the really big key things onshore with the people who 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 uh, who who joined the passion.
1: Yeah, all your, everything which is like, I'm going to call it like, call this like your, your R&D, like your IP, like uh, that really needs to be, where you need to put a lot of thoughts into it. You need your developers to actually think, think about like what you're building with you. Like they're going to think, what are we building right now? Like, is this the right thing that we're building? or oh, we should be building it like this because of that or more like this. Or as you were saying, oh, you know, this idea, like, no, like it should be doing this because of this, this, that. Oh yeah, you know what? This is a good idea. This is how we're going to do it all of this thought process, like you need like, a, like a, a team to be close to you to be able to do that. Mm. And and then when you move on to something like much larger, much, much bigger, and they are tasks which are like more repetitive, like uh, this, this part of the business, then you can offshore.
0: And what would you recommend someone does that, so uh, let's say 23, let's say 23-year-old Laura, she wants to start an app um i don't know what the app is, but she wants to start one and um, she can't afford to come to to you guys maybe mm-hmm. um or other local companies. what does she do that's a
1: good question that's a really good question um like again like uh, being able to work with like a, a hybrid model like someone that can can work with hybrid model, which means that could have potentially like a team offshore so but also a team here on shore that like, uh, allow you to do all the, the thought process, all the thinking, which is still being done here, but like all the development might be done. Like,
0: uh, or could they like come to you guys and say, Hey, can you help me design my app? You guys design it. And then they can use the designs to go raise a bit of seed funding to then get the app built or yeah, it, this could be done as well. Like it, it like,
1: it all depends
0: on the ID, like
1: who's gonna who's gonna execute it. Like we then we get into like uh, raising capital, like uh, which is different different subjects. Um, but uh, th- there's different ways of approaching this. Like uh, for example, like we have like uh, it happens to us like quite often. Like uh, where we have people that just come to us and say, I don't want to spend like this money. If it's a really good idea, like then we'll build it with you. Like uh, like uh, we'll build a partnership around this. Like uh, so. It, comes like it pretty much like. Uh,
0: oh, so you guys do that. Yes. So you'll say if it's a great idea, they haven't got money. Hey, look, we'll we'll build it for you, but we want uh, X percent of the company. Yes, that's a very cool thing you do.
1: So we can't do it like obviously like all the time, like uh, because like uh, And Your uh,
0: your resources are exactly not being
1: paid for. Exactly, like um, but um, yeah, that's that's some of the things that we're doing as
0: well. Like um, very exciting, man, and I guess. Uh, we'll have to wrap up yet yeah. we're w- w- wrapping up now i guess you've been in so you've you've migrated from belgium to australia you've done corporate to entrepreneur uh you got kids now in australia so they they they're australian you've 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 built an incredible life for yourself if you had one if you had one greatest lesson that you could share with uh, you have two daughters don't you uh, one boy and one. Oh, you one got dog. one boy and one girl. If you had one, um, one greatest lesson in business-related lesson, I guess that you could share with them. What would that be?
1: Uh, something that I've learned actually uh, myself is that like you gotta start. You gotta you gotta start doing. Like you, you'll never be ready enough. You'll never like uh, read enough about a subject. Like uh, and when you start, it it, it won't be perfect. Um, but you got to start and start doing it. Because when you do so, you're already like, um, you're already like, uh, you know, halfway further than anybody else. Like, uh, and that that's, for me, I've seen it. That is a difference. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Like, you know, not procrastinating, not thinking like, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I remember like actually this from, from my father when he, when he was, he had his own business. And I was like, how does he know all of that? Like, how does he know that he has to do this like this? And then and, and now he has to go and talk to those people. You just learn on the fly,
0: like you just you don't know, but you just got to do it. Like, yeah. uh, if you don't start, you're not gonna do shit. Yeah, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, that that that's probably my favorite lesson in business as well. All right, man, thank you so much. That was fantastic. Thanks and um, no, 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 that was that was a, that was a, a brilliant conversation, particularly talking about the tech industry. And um, it, it's just it's it's kind of like the property industry. It's just a hot industry. Um, and there's so much to be done and, and whether you're a technology company or not, technology is being used to, to improve all businesses now. And I, I think hearing all that stuff is, it's just so useful for, for, for anyone that wants to get into business or, or, or is in business. Um, to our listeners, if you want to, um, uh, get in contact with Gail, you can go to, uh, www.cub.club forward slash podcast, and you can find his favorite books, quotes Um, uh, lessons in business and contact details there as I said Cub uses uh, Step Insight and and Gail's team uh, to build our Cub app and a new project that I'm working on uh, which is launching soon Um, and I couldn't speak more highly uh, of their team they're awesome and if you want to catch up with Cub on social it's at Club United Business on Instagram it's equally as awesome thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed the show thank you Gail thank you Dan see ya